Hello, listeners. Welcome to the Shiki Podcast. We are your hosts, Alexandra Gumbert and Isabel King. Together, we bring you Shiki, where chic meets cheeky, creating the perfect cocktail. Start. Hi, my name is Carly. Um... <laughs> What else did you expect from us, though, you know? (laughs) Oh, my God. Okay. So for anyone that's listening right now, can you explain what the PCT is from start to finish? Um, Sure. So it is a, like, walking, hiking trail that goes from the border of Mexico to the border of Canada. And it goes through the long state of California and then Oregon and then Washington and... It concludes in Canada and you walk the whole entire trip. Um, We walked the majority of the trip, (laughs) um, but it's 2,665 miles and we did about 2,000 of it um, due to like forest fires and um, other extra, what's the, what's the word I'm looking for? extenuating circumstances like yeah, well, I, yeah. Like, I don't know that word but that's that sounds right <laughs> Ex- extenuating I don't know I don't know what I'm trying to say but you get it yes. <laughs> totally. wow. so you carry everything on your back like you it's backpacking so everything that you might need you have to carry in your backpack and then every seven days or so you get into an area where you can either walk into a town or hitchhike into a town and that's where you either go grocery shopping or you'll pick up um, like a food supply from the post office and my mom helped coordinate all those food supplies so that way you're able to eat while you're out there why did you choose the pct like off the rip i think it was like the summer before so Marlene's a year older than me but we both were just like at similar graduating college similar circumstances and it was like the summer before that so the summer of 2017 and we had gone on a day hike we actually had gotten lost on the day hike too (laughs) foreshadowing (laughs) Um, but then we were just like sitting at a brewery afterwards and the two of us were talking like how great would this be if we could do this every day and we were kind of just like you know what screw it let's do it every day and then um I don't know how the PCT in particularly came up but we were drawn to it just because you get such a diverse array of kind of climates and biomes you know the AT is also known kind of as like the green tunnel the AT is the Appalachian Trail for anybody who might not know um and so it's also known as like the green tunnel because you're just kind of stuck in the rain in this really lush forest and then there's the continental divide trail which goes from New Mexico to Montana but that has grizzly bears and a lot of really extreme terrain and wilderness experience that we don't have so this kind of just really seems like a happy medium where you get the really beautiful views um and like but still the same experience of doing a through hike yeah I also think it was like very appealing um because we are both from the east coast so California and Oregon and Washington just sound like so magical to explore to us because we've never ever seen that so and I also have to say that Cheryl Strayed was 
an inspiration. We just have to throw that in there because it's, you know, Cheryl Strayed. She, uh, she's a writer, a famous writer. And they also made a movie about, um, a book that she wrote, um, about hiking the PCT. Um, and in the movie Reese Witherspoon plays her. So it's pretty popular. And I feel like it inspires a lot of women out there to get out and, uh, hike. What was in you guys' backpacks? Um, <laughs> so we we split our sorry we split our gear which is was great because it it helped like I carried the tent and Marlene carried the the tarp that went underneath the tent so you, it in theory theory you don't get wet or your tent doesn't flood um it did flood but <laughs> um, <laughs> and then you have your sleeping bag um and then you have a thermarest or like kind of a sleeping pad so you're not sleeping on the cold hard ground you have your food obviously you have um a water sanitization it's called like the Sawyer squeeze what do you call them a water pump a water uh, filter. water filter Water filter. There we go. (laughs) Um, I'm trying to think what else. A knife was really important for us. Marlene carried a taser. Um, Hell yeah, I carried a taser. (laughs) (laughs) And um, yeah, and like a cooking system too. So some people elect to not carry a stove. We did just because we wanted, you know, warm food at the end of the day. This is all in your bag. Yeah. Yeah. And then um one hiking outfit. So one shirt, one pair of shorts, one pair of underwear for me. Carly didn't wear any. Um <laughs> a couple pairs of socks. And then one like Hawaiian t-shirt that we could wear when we were washing everything in town. Wow. Wow. Um, it definitely like sits on your hips just right Mm -hmm. and I feel like at a certain point like it just becomes a part of you especially on a through hike when you're just wearing it every day Mm -hmm. Um, it's almost weird to like hike all that way with a backpack on and then you take it off and you try to like walk without it and it's like weird you like feel like off I don't know you keep saying through hike what does that mean so a through hike is hiking a very long trail so like something like the pct over um a period of months period of weeks a long period of time and you hike it through so you don't stop so you don't like do a couple months here and then take a break and then take a couple months or yeah it's all the way through okay gotcha just one one shot yeah but like to be completely honest with you when carly look at looked at me and said do you want to hike the pct like i had no idea what that meant like i didn't know how long it would take. I didn't know if I would last a day. I didn't know if I would last a week, two months. Like I had no idea. I just knew that I was graduating from college. I was in a state of transition from, you know, college life into like real adult things. And it was scary. And I didn't know what I wanted to do for a career. And I didn't know what I wanted to do for work. I didn't know where I wanted to live. Um, And I just felt like, this I want to say an adventure but it's almost like more serious than adventure this like opportunity that was at my door was like a once in a lifetime like thing and um I'm not sure when else I'd be able to do it like I I feel like like real life um comes at you hard and you can't always just like drop everything and go live in the woods for five months so like if there was ever a time to do it it was right then and now um so it was kind of like a nut up or shut up type of deal for me I love that 
Yeah. yeah. I definitely agree with Marlene with like the both kind of idea. Um, I, I mean, this sounds like such a millennial thing to say, but just like, I went to like a, a private high school. I got a scholarship to go and then like got a scholarship to go to college. And I just kind of feel like my entire life, I was like a box checker where I was always kind of like looking for the next thing, like trying to get that 4.0, trying to get the best internships. And then I think it's something that gets made fun of, but is a really rude awakening when you no longer kind of have that support system where you're like, well, shit, what do I do now? And I just, for me at the time, I felt it was a lot more liberating to be like, well, the world is my oyster. And like, this is not a dress rehearsal and God damn it. I'm going to get the most that this life can offer me. And I just felt kind of called to the PCT. I don't really know why I've always like found solace in the outdoors. Um, and I'm also really stubborn. It's a blessing and a curse. So I kind of got the PCT idea stuck in my head and I wasn't going to let it leave. Um, so yeah, that's cool. I was in college when you were like telling me you were going to do this. I was scared, but I would much rather like you go and do things like this than not because I'm scared or somebody's scared for you, you know? Right. Yeah, totally. So I mean, I, I think with that, it's like you either live in fear or you don't, (laughs) or or you live for the love of life. And I think that was a huge lesson for me, you know, like in learning that, like, you know, the world isn't really not as scary as we think it is. And like our mind plays like a big game on us and, um, yeah, I don't know. I just think that the world's not as scary as we tend to make it. <laughs> well, like you guys start, where'd you start? In Mexico? Yep. So you guys get to the border and you have all your shit with you and you're like, wow, what the fuck? Like, explain the first day. Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh no. <laughs> <laughs> so my mom, um, I like, we would not, quite frankly, be able to have done this, like, without the support of my mom. Um, You know, she, like, helped plan all of our resupply boxes. She flew to San Diego and drove us to the border and um, was a really, really, like, big cheerleader for us. So my mom dropped us off at the border and said, like, goodbyes and got all emotional. We're not going to see her going into, like, the abyss for five months. And um, we just kept walking and I mean like Mar and I were on cloud nine like if Nirvana was a place like we were there that day we were singing um any song you could think of like anything from Christmas carols to like high school musical we were like we were making this dream come true we are empowered women and we just kept walking like not a thought in the world and then all of a sudden we kind of didn't know where the trail was leading. We're like, this this looks more like a road, like what's going on? And we looked on our maps and we had totally walked off the trail. I mean, like really walked off the trail. So it was like two and a half miles, which doesn't seem like a lot, but when you have to walk two and a half miles back on top of like already walking 15 miles that day um, in 120 degree heat with a 30 pound and probably over 30 pounds because we had no idea what we were doing at that time. <laughs> My shoes didn't fit me correctly either. Um, so yeah, we we turned around and we ended up walking 20 miles that day, but only made it to like mile marker 15. Um, so we got humbled really 
quickly. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, you know, it is what it is. Did you guys have certain deadlines or goals you needed to meet every single day in terms of distance? Um, yeah, like as far as not running out of food, that was, you know, because if you're too slow, then you're going to run out of food. And then also, too, if you kind of don't walk fast enough, winter does hit and you can't like get make it to Canada because the northern Cascades have a really harsh climate um so yeah as long as you don't run out of food so I mean we'd be like okay there's a hundred miles between this town and this town and the terrain doesn't look too terrible so we can hopefully make it there in this day and I think Marlene and I were both pretty paranoid that we're gonna run out of food so we always had extra food just in case always we ran out once and that was like the last time I ever let that happen (laughs) were you hangry oh my god hiker hunger like there is nothing that compares and there is no quenching that thirst (laughs) (laughs) yeah you're like a bottomless pit honestly um but we had planned to burn at least a four thousand calories a day that's kind of what we planned on (laughs) yeah so that's that's just crazy to hear but like it makes sense with how much you guys are walking every single day so So i would say it ranged like anywhere from 20 miles a day to like 30 or in like anything in between there and then like you know in the sierras it's gorgeous the train's hard if we did 12 that day we weren't really like type a hikers we we were there to have a good time not to right and thank god we were because you know i think that too many through hikers see it as kind of like a race and i don't know i feel like sometimes it's nice to just stop and smell the roses i think carly should tell you about our last like day and a half on trail because it was so eventful yes okay so you guys hike for five months right mm-hmm. yes and and, and lots of things happen no we want to hear it all but definitely tell us the story about the last day <laughs> I think this is good too because you kind of get our first day and our last day yeah. um situation <laughs> so It's no longer summer in Northern California, in Southern California, where in the Northern Cascades of Washington, it's late September. It had been raining for a week. And I mean, you're outside all day. So like everything is soaked. Like there, there's not one, like your rain jacket isn't even working anymore. Like everything is just so wet. And then we're going up and over this mountain pass. And all of a sudden we're like, wait, it's snowing. Like this is turning to snow. And, but we're, we're still soaking wet. Um, We hadn't really tested our rain gear either. It really didn't rain until Washington. So we were definitely underprepared. So all of our stuff starts to freeze. Marlene and I are like holding each other's hands, like walking back down just because you can't see very far in front of you. It's like, blizzarding up on this mountaintop and it's kind of funny to like look back on pictures now because we were definitely just panicking and being a little bit over dramatic but for the sake of the story it was blizzarding at the top of this mountain pass <laughs> and we go back down and I mean like we are freezing like that part is not over dramatic like we were so cold we were shivering like so cold that you can't even like think straight that you can't like find words for sentence structure or anything and so we just agree the second that we can find a place to kind of just like pitch a tent we're gonna do that we're gonna 
burn whatever we have, hopefully figure out a way to make a fire to at least like thaw our socks and our gloves. So our extremities can be warm and just go to bed and figure it out tomorrow. And so we get to some place and we end up, we don't have much to burn. So we end up actually like burning our tampons. They clean tampons to make a fire. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And it was just such a great experience because at this moment we were like, wow, like, look at us. We are these real like wilderness women, like, come on, throw it at us. Like whatever you need, like we, we, we got it covered. We are like resourceful mountain women. <laughs> and we, we go to bed next morning. I wake up and there's like five inches of water in the bottom of the tent. We're floating on our sleeping pads. <laughs> and Over the PCT, I realized, discovered that I also have irritable bowel syndrome. So like 5.30 rolls around and like, I need to get out of that tent. Like it'll be bad news. Um, (laughs) (laughs) And so I go out of the tent and I like wake Marlene up to be like, yo, we're floating. Like we're floating in fucking water right now. And Marlene isn't a morning person. So Marlene's like, yeah, we'll figure it out later. And just kind of like rolls over. I was like, all right, well, she's going to have a really bad morning now. (laughs) So I go to go do my thing. But, you know, we're in like really like mountainous terrain. Like there's not much like good terrain to be shitting in. So I kind of like find this tree area, but it's soaking wet. So I poop and then end up like sliding in all of my shit. Like my feet just like slide out from under me. And so at this point I'm panicking, but the toilet paper had disintegrated in the five inches of water. So there was like no way I'm like wiping myself with moss and like whatever. I was just swearing at everything (laughs) under the sun. I was like, I didn't fucking sign up for this. Like, who am I trying to prove myself to? Like totally like best place the night before you know I'm one with nature next morning I'm like I am so angry I could levitate off of the PCT right now (laughs) my favorite quote that is my favorite quote (laughs) and then Marlene wakes up and realizes like she had electronics so we had like our phones a drone Marlene also had a camera and the entire entire bag is just like submerged in the five inches of water so there's like marlene mind you this bag was supposedly waterproof so now it's marlene's turn to freak out (laughs) like all of our memories too you know like those are all of our pictures all of our voice recordings so we're like oh my god imagine this entire trip is now literally in a bag full of water um so at this point Marlene and I were like well we need to figure out a way to dry off it's no longer raining but the area that we were in was so covered in shade and we're still both freezing like we're both shivering both can't think straight we're both having temper tantrums I'm covered in shit Marlene has like (laughs) no cell phone no nothing (laughs) so finally we just kind of like let our stuff thaw out and I'll never forget this moment Marlene and I were top five worst days of my life and all these other through hikers are walking by and they're completely unfazed and we were like what like they just made us more angry that like everybody else was so happy that the sun was out and there's Marlene and I being like no you people don't understand like it was such such a bad look and um I 
think that we both just like came to the conclusion and also we were running out of food so we still had like 80 miles until the border we think or I don't even know but um we were gonna run out of food it was gonna be a mess and we were like we have done this trip solely for ourselves this entire time like there's definitely a pressure to you know even sometimes like hike through fire closures or really like walk every mile and Marlene and I did not have that philosophy from day one it was like definitely to smell the roses take the time to like enjoy each other and ourselves and just like the world around us so we were like if we do these 80 miles we will be cursing the PCT for the rest of our lives like if we just go and do it like we're gonna hate it the entire time because we're gonna be starving because we don't have enough food to like make us to the end and it's gonna be just miserable so we decided we found a little side trail we were really good at finding the side trails um (laughs) and we ended up renting a car had ourselves a little road trip went to like the final terminus um did some trail magic for the people who did walk every mile and I mean I have absolutely the utmost respect for everybody who walks every single mile of that trail I mean like hats off kudos to you do not want to take that away because that's a massive accomplishment it was just not what the journey had in store for Marlene and I but good question what is trail magic okay um so trail magic is like when someone outside of a through hiker um just like comes and either leaves like cold beer like beverages like sometimes people just leave like a cooler in the middle of the woods on the trail with like a bunch of water in it um sometimes people like will like offer to give you a ride into town they'll bring pizzas like most of the time I feel like it's like food or goodies but um it could be anything just an act of kindness or like yeah yeah or I remember there were even like a couple areas in the desert where like people would put out like a whole like couch like couch and like lawn chairs and like like umbrellas just for like PCT PCT hikers just come by and like sit down and take a load off and like grab a drink from the cooler and then like keep walking and so people who do trail magic are called like trail angels And so we had this one trail angel pretty early on. It was in Idlewild, so that's in Southern California. And she was at this craft fair. Idlewild is a resupply stop. And she was selling this cayenne pepper foot cream. I will never forget this lady. And she insisted on massaging Marlene and I's feet after, like, hiking for a hundred miles, not showering. Like this was our first stop. And she was like, no, I need you to try my cayenne pepper foot cream. And like gave me the best foot massage I have ever received in my life. I don't know what this woman does in her free time, but um, (laughs) yeah, she's like the OG trillion. (laughs) Wow. That's so awesome. How do you get into town? So like, it depends. Um, But most of the time, ideally, you're getting off trail to go get your like resupply or go to the food store or just go into town for a night and take a load off. Um, But basically what you do is sometimes the PCT like physically crosses a road or sometimes you have to take like a little side trail off to go to a main road. Um, But yeah, and then you basically get to the road and you stick your thumb out and you might do a little dance. I know Carly and I used to do a little number to get a ride. <laughs> um, guys often have much worse luck with getting rides than we ever did. We honestly really never had an issue with it. Um, yeah. 
So you just stick your thumb up and you hitchhike into town. Yeah. And, and I feel like we met like a lot of really cool people hitchhiking. A lot of really interesting folk um, that will pick us up off the side of the road. Can you like explain that story? Like who are these characters? All right. So there was one, um, this was one of my favorites and it was just this guy who was driving like a 16 wheeler, like one of those big trucks. So he pulled over and picked us up and he was super redneck. And I just remember him telling us like about how to make like rattlesnake soup. And then, and then he was asking like if Carly and I were like girlfriend and girlfriend, which we honestly got asked a lot, which is really weird. Um, it usually went like, hi, how are you? Uh, good. Um, you guys sisters? No. Girlfriends? No. Just, just friends. Um, so that was usually the spiel, but I think that was one of my favorite hitches. What's your trail name, Mar? Uh, Yosemite. Yosemite. What's the story behind that one? It's just, I don't know. Just, it's so dumb. Just one day I just kept asking when we were getting to Yosemite. And like, I didn't pick up on it. And like all of like my anchor friends were like, dude, what the fuck are you saying? And I'm like, Yosemite, when are we going there? <laughs> You're just like, dude, <laughs> Yosemite. I'm like, yeah, Yosemite. And like totally serious, like not even funny. So that's how that one was birthed. And it took a while too. It took like a full day for, I don't know. I don't think I even put it together. And finally somebody was like, do you mean Yosemite? Okay, so for anyone listening, can you guys explain what the Half Dome hike is? So I don't know the actual distance of the cables. I do know that we went into like the valley. So the valley of like Yosemite is like the super popular area and you have to wake up super early or else the cables get too crowded. And it's like, that's where it gets really dangerous because people are kind of like trying to walk around each other or like, and it's the same way up as it is down on the cables. And I just remember Marlene and I had not showered for like two weeks at this point. Like we, we were stinky and we were walking by this group of men, like alpha men who were also doing half dome, who thought they like were the first ones up in the morning that morning. And so we're right behind them. And obviously we're in great shape. You know, we had walked a thousand miles and Marlene and I are just like going our casual pace and these men are like, oh my God, these little girls are going to beat us. And you can like, just like see them like gassing themselves out, trying to like not let us outpace them. And Marlene and I were literally like, ah, just like right by them. And they're all like dripping in sweat. And it was just like the best feeling just being this like stinky, like hairy female with all these men being like they will not beat us and like not even trying it was just like oh like what's up guys you know um but oh my god and um yeah so you hike and I mean I think it might be like eight miles it's it's a pretty long yeah it's like seven eight miles yeah that's what I think I saw I think it said like total it was like up and then down was from the very beginning it's around 14 total so seven, yeah. that sounds right. And then yeah. the cables are at the very end of the hike. And then they're just kind of like um, mounted into that 90 degree incline on that granite slab. And there's different, it's like a two by four every probably like five feet, six feet or so, just so you can sit and rest. And then you kind of just like hoist yourself up on the cables and then like stand on the two by four just to 
let yourself rest for a second and then keep going. So for me, just like the PCT, like I didn't know what half dome was. Like, I just knew that all my hiker friends were like, oh, let's go hike half dome, like hyping it up. Like we need to get a permit, like hyping it up. Like this is cool shit. So I'm like, yeah, well, I'll go hike half dome. Like I have literally <laughs> no idea. Um, and then we get to the cables, dude. And I just started to puddle. I just started to cry and was like, what the fuck is that? Like, I don't, I can't, I don't know if I can do that. Like, we're not doing that. And I just remember Carly like looked at me and was like, dude, we woke up at 3 a.m., walked like 10 miles to get up here. Like, shut up, let's go, put your big girl panties on and let's do this thing. And I just remember like wiping my tears away and getting over it real fast. I also like, again, this is like where my stubbornness like gets the better of me too. And like the PCT, like, I don't know. It's just like, it was such a dream for so long and you got this just like, I, and it's probably the endorphins of just hiking so often, but it's like one of those feelings that you get where like everything is in place at that exact moment where like, it just all really does make sense. And it's like, okay, if I die right here, right now, like I'm doing exactly what I wanted to be doing. Like there's no more bucket list items to check off. So it was like, dude, what's the worst that happens? We fall and die, like doing something we love, which like sounds really crazy taken out of context. But when you're kind of in that mindset, it's like, no, like you're right. Like this, this, this is, if I were to go, this is exactly how I would want to. Totally. I think that happens when you're living your dream. Like that was your dream at that time and you were living it. So whatever happens, fuck it. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. How did you guys navigate things? Like, was there a clear path on where to walk right this way? Hikers this way? Like, did you have a map? You don't have a cell phone. How does that work? Um, wait, I, I guess I, so I had gut hooks it's like this app called gut hooks and I had it on my phone. So even if you don't have cell phone service, the app can still work. You like download the maps. And even if you don't have, this goes, even if you're traveling, good tip, even if you're traveling outside of the United States, the satellite still works on your phone. So like, if you open up a a map app, you can still see like you are here and you can see like which directions North and South. So your phone kind of works like a compass in that regard. Um, So we had, I had gut hooks and then we would just kind of try to figure it out. You know, we definitely did get lost probably than somebody who had a little bit more experience than Mara and I did, but it, it worked. It did yeah. its job. I feel like for the most part, the trail is pretty well marked. Like we definitely act like would it accidentally take a right or a left, but we figured it out pretty quick. I don't think that there was any point in time that we got like outrageously lost. Um, I do know what happens, but I think as long as you you know, like have gut hooks and have a charged cell phone or um, we also had like a backup satellite phone, which worked out great in case of an emergency, but it wasn't too bad. But when you were on your like month long hike, how did you charge your devices? Um, we each carried external batteries. I know that the one that I had would charge a cell phone up to like eight times. So just like be cautious, you, you know, don't really need your phone. So it doesn't die. I feel. Yeah, exactly. Was there any point in which you thought you were going to die? Um, yeah. So like what had happened was, is, was I was hiking and I had my headphones in and I kind of heard like a little rustling in the bushes. So I like took my headphones out and a deer started like sprinting at me coming like really fast. And at first I'm like, oh, this deer's cruising. Like, <laughs> where is he going? And then I like look 
and he's coming by my left. And then I look to my right and I see a full grown mountain lion in middle of full hunt of this deer that I am now standing in between. And at that moment of seeing the mountain lion, I'm like, holy shit, this is so cool. And then he stopped chasing the deer. And then I was like, holy shit, I might die right now. And I sat there and I didn't take my eyes off of where he, so he disappeared into the bushes. um, And then I didn't hear any more rustling. Like the deer took off and it was just me and him. I didn't hear any leaves saying that he was leaving the area. He was right in front of me, just hiding in the bushes. And I just sat there for what seemed like the longest two minutes of my life. Um, Just frozen (laughs) with fear. And then I, another hiker came up behind me and she was like, yo, what's up girl? Like, why do you look like you've seen a ghost? Like, what is up here? But you know, like, what's up, dude, you look, you don't look okay. And I'm like, there's a big cat in in the bush right there. Um, So then her and I just like started screaming, making a bunch of noise, like, and just, like walked side to side, keeping like full 360 coverage um, and just like continued to walk. Um, And then, so then fast forward later that night, um, we're all camping and we hear something outside of our tent. So then um, we like shine our flashlights out and we see like these eyes that are really low to the ground that's moving like a cat and 110% the mountain lion had followed us throughout that entire day and ended up in our camp that night. And yeah. Um, So then I took out my taser to like make a noise to kind of scare it away and the taser was backwards. So then that was when I tased myself on accident. Um, So that was really funny. That was, that was great. Um, all of our friends got a good kick out of that one. Um, but yeah, I think that that initial um, meeting up with that mountain lion was the scariest moment of my life thus far. In that moment, how did you know what to do? Um, well, you don't run away. Like I know number one, when you see like a wild animal like that, you don't run away because instinctually prey run. So they're going to attack you. Like that's how you set them off. So I knew that I couldn't run away. Um, and I just didn't know what to do. So I just stood there and that's like kind of what you do is you kind of just stand your ground and maybe like back up slowly, but never take your eyes off of them. That's just the advice that I've heard. Where was Car? Where were you Carly whenever this happened? So like, just like this is how we did it the entire PCT as well too. Like it's really difficult to like keep somebody's pace the entire time. And also like if you're spending five months with one individual, like, hiking with them side by side for five months and like sleeping next to them. Like that's a lot of time to spend with one person. Like Marlene, I love you. I can't imagine doing anything like this yeah. with Marlene, but I don't need to. Like, so we would just kind of like keep our pace during the day. We would set like a meeting point for like our first morning break or our lunch, sit and eat lunch together, hike for a little bit after lunch, you know? And if like Marlene was feeling super energetic, she would go and would pick another spot to go and meet a few miles ahead or like vice versa. So I think I was just like a little bit further ahead that morning. I'm more of a morning person and Marlene's more of a night owl. So we just, you know, I would tend to hike faster in the morning and Marlene would hike faster in the afternoon and we would just meet up. What's your scary story, Carly? Your life story. 
Well, I have two because one is a separate mountain lion encounter. But like, so I guess that one's really quick. So we had split up. There was a section that Marlene was going to, for like a variety of different reasons, um, like there was a like close death. So she decided to take some time off trail to like be able to process that. And I was like, you know what, I'm going to go and do these 150 miles alone. And so this was the last like 150 of the desert. And so I had met up with a couple of people that I just met on trail. And then I was going to meet Marlene at Kennedy Meadows, which is like a really well-known trail town. It's called like the gateway to the Sierras. And it's kind of like a rite of passage. You're finally done hiking the 700 miles of the desert. And so, um, the group of people that I was hiking with were like, yeah, like we don't want to rush there. Um, we're going to like slow down a little bit, but in my head, I was like, okay, well, I want to meet up with Marlene. Like I'm done with the desert. Like get me the fuck out of here. Like I want to see my best friend. And so it was me and this other kid. We were like, you know what? Yeah. Like the desert sucks. Like, let's just try to hike as fast as we can. So we're just going to hike all night until we can like get there at a decent hour the next morning. So really great plan, whatever. And we're hiking and hiking and hiking and we're on this ridge line. So you're like really on the side of a mountain in the, the, the top of the mountains, like right above you. And I see these eyes right in front of us. We're about to like turn a corner and these bright, bright blue eyes. And I, I literally go, oh, look, Kyle, it's an owl. And we both like shine our headlamps on and see an entire outline of a cat And I mean, at this point we were like 550 miles in, you know, I'm still pretty, I mean, I don't think you can ever be prepared to see a mountain lion, but like this was, you know, I was still trying to figure out what shoes I wanted to wear on my feet and like what, how to pack my backpack. Like it was, so both kind of screamed, you don't want to run as Marlene said. So we like backed up slowly, but at this point too, I'm, I'm not even like with Marlene and like, at least her and I had the, the comfort of being with each other whenever like scary things like happened on trail, or if there was a weird noise in the middle of the night, um, this, I was like, with this basically stranger. So I was like, oh my God, like what if I don't see you tomorrow, you know? So we had our little satellite phones and we like texted a couple of our friends and family, just like what our location was in case something did happen. Um, And eventually some other hikers who had like a similar idea to hike through the night to get to Kennedy Meadows happened to be hiking by. And we explained that, you know, we saw a mountain lion in the area. So they kind of like just waited for us to collect ourselves. And we walked and just like kept on hitting our trekking poles and making a lot of noises. And at that point there was probably like seven of us hiking together. So then that, you know, is better than two. Um, So that was pretty scary. Um, especially cause I was not with Marlene at that point, but then another time in 2018, the, I mean, every year, the Californian wildfires get worse and worse and worse, but in 2018, like that was a record year. So, um, we were hiking out of the Mount Shasta area. We had just kind of hiked around or like hitchhiked around a pretty big fire closure. We were ready to get back on trail. Um, and we're doing this awful like uphill and the smoke was so bad. I like was choking on it. I was vomiting on the side of the mountain, like difficult to breathe. And like, I think especially too, when you're not surrounded by the distractions of the world, you definitely 
get like a better gut feeling and you're more likely to listen to your intuition when you like don't have a cell phone to be like oh like what does this person have to say so I was like I just have a really bad feeling like this isn't gonna happen today like the smoke's too bad we need to figure out a plan b and so we like I finally meet up with Marlene and she had been a little bit ahead she was not choking on smoke and vomiting so she was obviously faster that day (laughs) and we were like listen like there's something totally off we got to turn around so we do we take this little side trail we see this family who had been like camping out on the side of this river for a while and we're like hey like is there any way one of you can give us a ride into town we just need some cell phone service we need to kind of like figure out obviously the wildfires are getting worse so this guy named Danny was like yeah totally like he he gave us a ride into town Danny had one leg was you know not to be like this isn't coming from a judgmental place, but like he, he was a larger man. He was probably like six foot weighed like three or 400 pounds, like a big guy with one leg. And he was like, listen, like I can give you a hitchhike around the wildfires. Like I know where they are going to end. So at least hopefully you can hike fast enough to like get away from them. But like, I have some work to do. So I'll just pick you up at this gas station in a couple hours and um we're sitting out at this gas station this cell phone signals like waving in and out just like the fires with the cell phone towers the smoke you know and there's like this other guy who's also quit hiking the pct because the smoke got so bad and he's like telling us a story and we kind of just like are drinking with this random man who's gonna like hop a train like hop a freight train to get out of here because he like thinks that i don't know was the best option i the kid might have been homeless. I really don't know. But anyway, so we're drinking and Marlene is hammered at this point. Um, <laughs> and we're just kind of like, well, this is our our one way out is to wait for this man named Danny, you know. Um, and he finally shows up. He probably drops us off around like noon, right? He comes at 8, 830. Like it's dusk at this point. And he has like bullet holes on the side of his car. <laughs> Wait, Alex, your face. I'm so sorry. Like, we're both, we're both buzzed. And we're like, you know what? What else are we going to do? Like, are we going to pitch a tent here and then be ashes tomorrow morning? You know? Um, So we're like, I don't even know if Marlene saw it, but that was like my internal monologue. So I was like, okay, like, I we go to open up the trunk. He's like, yeah, don't open up the trunk. And we're like, oh, (laughs) and, and so I like hop in the passenger seat and like my pack's on my lap and Marlene's definitely drunk. And she's like, oh, it's like, what do you do for a living? And he was like, oh, I'm in sales. (laughs) And Marlene's like, oh, what do you sell? And the guy's like, it's better if you don't ask questions. And so we both like are driving. This is when we're still hiking with the crazy lady, which granted, thank God we were hiking with her. Um, Who's with you guys? This point, she's with us. So it's not just Marlene and I, but we're both like, again, kind of drunk and we both fall asleep. <laughs> like, which, Shut like in the up. car? No, you guys are asking for something scary to happen. Dude, right? Did the girl fall asleep? No, no, she didn't drink with us. (laughs) Wait, so why did he drop you guys off at the gas station in the first place? Because he had to go handle some business. So he had to drop us off for a little bit. He said that he could give us a ride. So a way to get around the wildfires was what, like a two hour ride, Carly? 
Mm-hmm. It was like a long hitch. That's really so he was nice like, yeah. Well, he said he had to go conveniently handle some business on the other side of town where he was going to bring us to. So first he had to go handle his other business and then come pick us up and then drive us a couple hours out. He needed to like repent his sins by like doing you guys a favor. Holy shit. Yeah. I mean, he said he had daughters. He was like, yeah, I got daughters too. Like I get it. So he like, like dad, like welcoming, like, was he like, nice? You guys got a good vibe, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> was there a body in the trunk or will we never know? We'll never know. We'll never know. Back to the trunk of Denny, Danny's car. But <laughs> Danny the drug dealer. So, but no, because he did drop us off and he was like, you know, girls, like I'm a father, like I have daughters, like I know there's some scary people around these parts. And like in my head, I'm like, Denny, like you are the scary person around these parts. But <laughs> Like, hey, if, you know, we were in the car with them. So I guess it's better to be make friends with them. I look back, like, you know, that question, like an interview, not in interviews, but when people are like, oh, like, what's the stupidest thing you've ever done? Mm-hmm. Hands down, falling asleep in that car is the dumbest thing I have ever done. And did you guys encounter any grizzly bears? No grizzly bears, but there was one bear encounter that was that was really fun. I'd love to hear about it. Um, all right. So um for me, I was just like walking and I was a little ahead of Carly. Carly was a little bit behind me. Um, and we were getting to um camp, but I like took my headphones out to read a sign that was like right where we were supposed to camp we were supposed to go like down the hill a little bit and camp near the sign so I like took my headphones out went to go read the read it and then I just hear this tree being torn apart like maybe 20 feet to my right so I like take my headphones out and like look and there's like a mama bear with like her head like deep in a in a tree like digging it out and then I see this little baby bear just go like running like right by me just like doing loops around his mama like having a blast and I'm just like oh my god like okay so she doesn't see me so I just like keep walking whatever um I don't go to where we're supposed to camp and I just start like screaming bear because I hear like other people down at the campsite and I'm like guys there's a bear like hello um so whatever like eventually I like sack up and like walk to camp Carly's there and this bear is like like that's like her home like she hangs out there she's like a thing like she's one with the people there she doesn't really bother anyone um so yeah so when we set up our camp we like look on gut hooks and everyone's like oh this is mama bear like she literally just chills so like don't be afraid of her so that was the rest of our night and we I just remember like sleeping and like hearing her like tearing down trees like all like around our campsite area and it was like I don't know it was fine um yeah and you could sleep- and I actually uh no we did not sleep at like a wink that night I'm pretty sure did you guys have a budget going into this hike did you honestly I know like I saved I did save money so there was a good chunk set aside but then I remember like I just took out a credit card like for myself it was like by any means necessary I'm doing this trip and that's just kind of what it was how much do you think it costs like total? Um, I would say about 1500 in gear. And then I probably spent about 
five grand in credit cards and then maybe like a grand or a couple grand of like my own. Thank you ladies so much for doing this with us. I'm so excited. I never got to formally sit, like sit down and listen to your guys' stories. So I'm so happy we got the chance to yeah. do that. Yeah, thanks for thinking of us. Yeah, no, seriously. Oh my gosh, stop it. We are so lucky to have you guys on here. I'm so excited to post this one. Get connected with these crazy ladies on Instagram. That's at two girls, one trail, the number two and the number one used in that Instagram handle. And that's going to be it for today, guys. Um, We hope you enjoyed following along on the journey of Marlene and Carly. It was a wild one, and we can't wait to hear what you guys have to say about it. All right, everyone, that will be it for today's episode. If you found anything helpful from today's conversation, we would love to know your favorite part. So connect with us on social media. We can be found on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all with the username at the Shiki Social. Thank you for listening and we will see you on the next one. And don't forget to stay Shiki.